You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. I'm JJ. No, just kidding. Jen Justice. And I'm Stevie Molsoff. And today we're offering another episode of Today's Dream, a catch-up on current affairs in the Kansas City real estate market and what's going on in uh, the Dream Homes by Jen team. So, uh, Boy, we've been busy. I, I certainly have, so I think I think we all definitely have. Let's uh, let's start before we get into some nuts and bolts about what's going on in our own uh, real estate experiences. Let's just talk about the market. So, Jen, I know you've got some numbers ready. Where are we at? So, I looked this morning just out of pure curiosity. We have 3,959 active listings, something we'll talk about a little bit more in the podcast. We have 579 in pre-MLS, and we have over 5,000 listings currently in our area under contract. Hey. Yep. So, pretty much the trend that um, listings are being put under contract faster than the contracts are being consummated. Typical timeline for a home to be to, to go to be sold after it's under contract, roughly 30 days, maybe a little bit more. 18 days on market is the average right now um, as of KCRR's information. So that's down 53% from this time last year. Wow. But so that tells you they're on the market for 18 days, but of course it's going to take more than 30 days to get closed. Hence, we have more under contract, right? You said over 5,000, where we have only about 4,000 or so that are currently on the market. And still seeing some of the listings go over list price, um, especially those pristine listings, like we talked about, Eric, where you've got the really, really creme de la creme listings that somebody puts out, and those are highly coveted because everybody and their brother is selling anything and everything right now. Right. So if you're still selling anything and everything and not the creme de la creme, yours may be sitting on the market longer than last month or month before because in May of this year, it was psycho still. And now we're <laughs> seeing a little more leveling, a little more sanity. And the thing I saw that Lauren Jun uh, put out is buyers, quite frankly, are fed up with the sellers shoving high prices down their throat. And so there's a revolt of buyers just saying, we're not going to pay that. And and Young, just so everybody knows, is the uh, uh, NAR, National Association of Realtors, uh, chief economist. And yes. he's fascinating to listen to. He's, he's incredibly informative whenever we get to hear him talk. Um, yeah, I, so, so the market, uh, certainly in our personal experience, and the numbers reflect this, the market is slowing. But let's be careful using the word slow because it always seems like a negative or it's bad. In this particular case, we are slowing from the uh, chum-in-the-water shark feeding frenzy down to something that's closer to more reasonable uh, for, for buyers in particular, but I think for the market as a whole. But you're right. My experience has clearly been the real pristine homes, the real move-in ready in a variety of price ranges uh, are still moving quickly. They're still getting multiple offers. Uh, so for those, you really have to move uh, quickly still. But ones that maybe aren't as pristine or more, and, and by that I mean maybe they don't have the most modern of finishes or maybe there's some small projects that need to be done. 
Um, maybe, you know, the roof is going to need to be replaced sooner rather than later, something like that, which is, you know, not, not necessarily that big of a deal. But those are staying on the market a little bit longer. I've actually had uh, some buyers who actually can go back and see a house a second time. So that was like a thrill. Like that, that, that hasn't happened in a I year. So I was looking for a buyer this morning that was 225000 and under in the immediate Northland metro areas where they were looking. There were 11 listings that came across, and my coaching to them was, I've seen two listings in this search for a significant amount of time. So seeing 11 gives you an ample good opportunity to look at lots of different things. And the other thing I noticed when I flipped through these listings, not a one of them was fresh on the market. So out of all those 11 listings, some of them were in the 20-day mark, some of them were in the 30-day mark, 55. I saw one that had been on the market, 69. One of them had flipped on and off the market. I haven't seen numbers like that in that price point in a while. Right. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, the flip side of that is now uh, I just had a listing go under contract yesterday. It was on the market less than a week. Uh, we had offers immediately. So there, there is, uh, you know, it was priced extremely well, and it was in a, in a neighborhood that's uh, um, in Newmark, which is a, a desirable neighborhood. 64155. And, yeah, and, and, you know, Stayler High School and all of that. But um, so, so if you're thinking about putting your house on the market, don't, don't fret, uh, but understand that if your house um, hasn't been updated in a while or has a handful of things, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sit on the market like it would have a couple of years ago while people think about it, while the right people get access to it, et cetera. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just sort of where the market is coming back down to, to planet Earth. Normal. I think it goes the same for buyers too. If if you were on the fence about buying a house this year because you wanted to move, but you didn't want to have to fight the craziness, then now's a good time to get back on. You might actually have some skin in the game and get a chance at the house you want, and not have to pick a house in like one day. You can actually look for a while yeah, and right. and I a saw a great meme, okay, because, you know, this market has created kind of that buyer's remorse for one, buyer's hesitancy for two. Sure. So if we look at the, you know, $200,000 house today with the 3% interest rate versus we look at the $200,000 house with a 4% interest rate because buyers are waiting, right? But what's going to happen? Sure. Interest I saw that rates are probably thing. going to rise, and that is a significant difference. So the way that ends up is that you're better off to buy now, and I would always say you're better off to do whatever suits you the best in your current situation because you're going to be putting money in your own pocket with affordable home ownership. I love renters. They have done a very good job, and I love growing them into homeowners because then they're paying themselves and building their own wealth, wealth which yeah. is the best possible case scenario, in my opinion. But if you wait around because you think the market's going to cool off or prices are going to come down, which we don't believe is going to happen, right. you're, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because those interest rates are going to creep back up. You know, we, we're still in the historical lows that we've never seen. Like in 1980, I think the interest rates were... 13% or something like that. And I may not be calling that exactly right, but oh, I yeah. think more. Oh, yeah, no, it's in the 70s and 80s, absolutely. 13s, yeah, my in-laws yeah. paid 15% when they bought their house. Yeah. So And, and, and we've got a whole generation of people that have never seen stuff above six or five even. Yeah. And so it's yeah. going to come as a shock as what that does. to Moral the, of the story, don't yeah. wait. You know, if you're if you're thinking about it, well, here's get off of the fence. <laughs> I saw that same meme, and I think it said something like, it's, it's $400 a month difference. Yeah, and it's it was significant. Yeah. yeah, it was. 
Another Find reason that if you've been on the fence might be a good time is, is we're starting to see the return of the ebbs and flows of the annual market, which we hadn't seen because of the pandemic in quite a while. So I think you called it, Jen, cyclical nature of our market. So Yeah, we have a cycle to the yearly cycle of the market. In the Midwest, it tends to flow. Hold it, a cycle of the cycle? <laughs> a cycle of the cycle. Yes, a cycle of the cycle of the market. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm not even a biker. <laughs> no, but we see that yearly annual trend, like you put it, with the ebbs and flows of the weather, of the schedules were returning to more of a normal school schedule, which honestly I think has more to do with anything this year. When kids went back to school, people breathed a sigh of relief and they wanted a moment or a few moments of just being in existence, which is good. That's healthy, right? Mm -hmm. So we saw the market slow down for just a minute after school stopped. We're kind of seeing it pick back up again now. But it was I was getting phone calls from sellers. I was getting phone calls from other agents. What's going on? What's happened? Are you getting any showings on that right. listing? Yeah. I can't believe this. This this listing's been on the market seven days. Is there something wrong? Yeah. What's going on? This listing's been on the market for three days nothing, and I've only had nine showings. It's slow. Nothing <laughs> is wrong. It's just that we have normalized, and I use that word very lightly because <laughs> we are not there yet, but... Things in the real estate market have somewhat more normalized because we were a little bit more, um, you know, we slowed down for what, two weeks, basically everything was completely shut down. And then people got deemed essential, people had to move, we had transactions in process, and there was this huge influx and flood of oh my God, I can't live in this condo. I got to get to an acre like post haste. So it was this craziness that has now kind of that part has worn off a bit. We're not seeing the same amount of traffic into the, you know, Kansas City area where we've got some rural areas and things are starting to level out a bit. So a normal flow would be, you know, really strong through midsummer, starting to slow down in the end of the summer. That's about sort of uh, really about schools and school districts and people moving and not moving their kids during the school year. Which wasn't a concern during the pandemic because everybody was virtual. So the -hmm. the concern of moving your kid from a school or from a classroom was much, much less than it would be now where there's not virtual options offered in a lot of school districts around here anymore. Then then a kind of a, a little bit of slowdown at the end of the summer, the very beginning of fall. Then it kind of picks back up until, you know, maybe Thanksgiving-ish or so. And then, um, you know, throughout the holidays, it tends to slow down, um, picks up very slowly as spring comes in. And then when we hit full spring, it's back off to the races. Surprisingly, a lot of people move in January. I've moved twice in January, personally. <laughs> maybe I... Uh, I, moved, oh, I moved in December, but... Um, the real crazy people move in the winter. Well, maybe that's because we <laughs> understand the market a little bit, and we know that we're going to get, you know, uh, an easier set of showings and a little that more time true. to decide. So, okay, all right. So that's kind of where the market is right now. Uh, this podcast gets published on October first. We're we're taping it just a little bit before, but uh, that, that's pretty much where we stand. Um, hey, there's some other cool things going on. So in particular, uh, something that realtors do every year here in the Kansas City area called Rock the Block. So it's 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 a – well, anyway, I tell you what, Jim, why don't you just tell us about it? Yeah, so Kansas City Regional Association of Realtors, or KCIR, 
has joined with Habitat for Humanity for the last five years now. And this year they're taking 12 homes in the, I believe it's the Lincoln's. Lincoln's neighborhood. Neighborhood. Yeah, in the Northeast. And yeah. they're going to be doing some exterior renovations, some painting, some landscaping, some sprucing up. And I can't wait because they're doing a 10-year study with Habitat. So the goal of this 10-year study is they're going to take these neighborhoods that they have um, done these community efforts on combined with realtors and Habitat, and they're actually going to try and track the valuations. Although I guess with today's market, that's going to be a little... <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they <laughs> it's going to be can... a heck of a lot more anyways. But they'll but... be able to compare it to national trends in a, in a broader yes. perspective at some point. So. How yeah. many houses did you say they're doing? 12 this year. 12. I think they've done as many as 15 this year, obviously, with some social distancing still in place and some things, it's a little. It's over four days this year, which is the first time that it's been over a four-day period. Normally, it's all done from like 8 to 5 p.m. on one day, and the realtors get all of the houses done in because one day. Because there's – well, and to give everybody an idea – of uh, just sort of the participation level. They did that because they didn't want so many people together, uh, you know, as we're still dealing with pandemic. Yeah, but, it was but, purposely done for social distance. But at the same time, just like uh, even if they were doing them all at once, you can only manage so many people. And to give listeners an idea of how committed realtors are in the area, um, I think I waited, I don't know, maybe two days or something, and it was on one of our team calls, and you're like, hey, we need to go sign up for this. And we all went, oh, yeah, let's go do that. And they were already booked, right? So they could all only – All but uh, one day was booked already, uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, there so were very just, few spaces left when nuts. when the word really started to get out. So Yeah, that they, we could sign up for it. So, yeah, it's just uh, absolutely nuts. It's, 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 it's awesome to be able as an organization to give back to the community – and participate in what we hope is some pretty um, uh, important research. So. And for our listeners, realtors collectively are one of the most volunteering groups and um, trade associations in the country. Just to highlight our area a little bit, though, you can look up the Good Neighbor Award. And Missouri has had a lot of Good Neighbor Awards, and it's an award that NAR gives to people who just pour their heart out in volunteer hours, essentially. We've had, I think, more winners than any other state. Yeah, so, so kudos to us. Cool. Yeah, Mark Solomon, a good Yay. friend of mine, VCP Project, that one a couple of years ago. Um, Mimi's Pantry is yeah. up this year. Um, that's Dennis Curtin and mm -hmm. his group, and they um, try to provide some healthy foods and, and a drive through type of pantry right now. So it's those are both great causes that you can look up, and then you'll probably see if you're local – the uh, Habitat for Humanity Rock the Block going on right now, which just showcases even more the realtor's heart, which is volunteerism. So normally, is it only realtors that can volunteer with the, with the on Rock, Rock the, the block? block? Nope, realtors and affiliates. So it's a uh, our title companies help sponsor this event. Um, banks help sponsor this event. Community America one year they donated a large amount to help fund the supplies because obviously we have a lot of supplies that go into yeah. painting, landscaping, mulch, trash bags, gloves. Probably masks this year. So oh, you I'm name sure, it, we yeah. probably need it. And then they they get lunch for the volunteers and the people in the house. They also give gift cards to the homeowners, which is a really cool thing. I've been a part of that several times when we've been able to give the homeowner like $150 Lowe's gift card, and it just melts their heart. Like they literally come out and they are in tears crying at the overwhelming support that they're receiving from their community to help them. Because most of them are they're elderly or they're disabled or they're not able to keep up with the things on their home. So, um, so they're not just lazy like me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. 
Because because I always I would feel guilty about like if I let it go so bad that Habitat for Humanity is come knocking on the door. I'm like, no, no, I'll take. I'm just lazy, really. It's all I. In am. your 55 plus community here, yeah. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's uh, turn a little bit and let's give some information to our listeners. I know it's something that uh, happened. I want to say it happened six eight weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer. Tell us more, Eric. Well. So um, inside, so the multiple listing service, which we refer to as the MLS, which is um, what you've probably heard about or think of when you go, oh, the realtors have their own database of, of properties. And, and that's what that is. And just to refresh people's memories, if they haven't listened to other podcasts, the MLS is the database of source, which is a geeky way of saying that um, all the data that you're seeing, or almost all of the data that you're seeing on your other sites, be it uh, Zillow or Redfin or maybe Realtor.com or any of those, or or even one of the big brokerage sites, like we know that um, you know Prudential keeps their own list, you know, does a whole thing where you can search listings and Keller Williams and whomever does that. Um, all of that data originates in the MLS. So that's where it is first, and then they have permission and pay fees and whatnot to pull it from the MLS and display it on their own site. So it truly is the database of record. And I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, maybe even just a little bit longer, um, there's a status in the MLS called pre-MLS, which is essentially information about listings that are upcoming. And those started to become available for the uh, auto emailers that we set up for our clients. Let me we... back up just a minute, though. Sure. This was birthed from the coming soon trend. Right. So we had a problem a little bit when the market started to really catch on fire, and then people started throwing fuel on the fire by putting coming soon signs in the yard. And it was really cute, and it was really trendy until it got so competitive, and then this was a way to stimulate either – buyers to call that specific listing agent or an unfair advantage or whatever you want to call it. So the MLS being as fair as possible and creating the most possible competition for the client, because that's who we look out for or are supposed to look out for as we find out with some agents they don't, but it's supposed to be a cooperative system. That means we put it in the MLS and we give everyone the fair opportunity to see the listing. That well, was and not that's, happening and that's, with coming Let's just soon. be really clear. That is in the seller's best interest. Absolutely. Right? It's in my best interest to advertise it to people that I'm going to get more commission on. It's in the seller's best interest to advertise it to absolutely everyone at the same time so that they can get the most competitive set of offers coming in. Absolutely. And it's, it's critically important, and the MLS shapes their policies to make sure that they can control that, to make that part happen as much as humanly possible. And so there's some other pieces in there, but essentially pre-MLS came in to allow the agents, instead of putting it in coming soon status, we're putting it in a pre-MLS status. And it's a very clear policy that the listing cannot be shown until it's active. And there's some pretty steep fines now because we had to get really serious about this for the fairness of the market and for fairness of the buyers and for fair housing, quite frankly. And you can't put a coming soon sign in the yard unless it's in pre-MLS, which means hmm. you as a consumer, when you see a coming soon sign, you don't have to call that agent to get information, which you can, if you know, but you can also call an agent that you've already established a relationship or vetted in some manner 
so you your trusted partner, and you can say, I want more information on this, and then they can have access to any of the information that's public. And then nobody can sneak in and and, Supposed to. and show it without the potential of, of, of fines or whatnot. And so that's something else to note uh, from that sort of fair competition standpoint, which is we can't schedule a showing on that if they say, hey, it's going to go live. And we'll talk about some of the other impacts here in a second, but if they say, hey, it's going to go live next Tuesday – I can't actually schedule a showing for Tuesday or Wednesday until it actually goes live. So that's something that your agent will be restrained by. And by live, we mean on the market or available to show or, or whatever you want to take for any of those. But why is this important to our listeners? Why is this important to the consumers? And it's because that is now an option to send on our automatic emails or our client emails. So we can check the pre-MLS status and also send not only active listings or not only status changes, but we can send our clients pre-MLS listings. That was not possible a few months ago. That was not able to be sent out with that. There was a lot of agents that the feedback was that we want to be able to show those to our clients or we want our clients to know those are coming on the market. And so the MLS then listened and we are able to send those out. But if you are... There's good and bad, right? There's good and bad because the... The date can be changed at the drop of the hat. So, like, I can tell Eric, October 1st, the listing of your dreams is coming on the market. We are going to look at this October 1st. I am so excited because I know you're going to want this house, Eric. I know it's just the house you've been looking for. Oh, Eric, I'm so sorry. It's not going on the market until October 15th now. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not going on the market until November 1st now. So, you can change that status active or live date to whatever up until the date that it's actually happening. Until they so actually the day go in and flip the switch. Yeah. Exactly. So either they let it go and they flip the switch or they go in and change it because somebody's not ready or whatever the reason is. I'm sure there's a very valid reason for why it's not happening. But in some ways that can really influence you know, the buyers and how they're acting. You, you have a specific buyer that waited for a listing that, did it ever get moved out or was it on target pretty much? Uh, no, the, so... Um, We've, they have some very particular needs, and so, and and of course, not an unlimited budget because you know they're normal humans, <laughs> and uh, um, so it's been very difficult. And we've been searching for a house for quite some time. So when the pre MLS status, which happened during their search, because we've been searching for I don't know, maybe six, six months, months or so, uh, when that happened, it, it and they started getting those, then it would be like, okay, I think this house is going to work. Um, and uh, or maybe we need to get some more particulars. So we've had several houses that they've had their eye on, like we need to go see this, uh, that have bumped, uh, some of which the night before um, where they're bumping. And the other thing is, and this can happen with any listing, uh, but it certainly can happen in pre-MLS or does happen more often, is not only can the when it's available change at the drop of a hat, but the pricing can change at a drop of a hat. And it says right on there that those things are subject to change, not um, deemed guaranteed. So, I mean, that information is disclosed that it can be changed. Sometimes I think it just sets the buyer up a little bit um, for unrealistic expectations or makes them hold out for something that may get outside of their time frame or may get outside of their budget. I think it's good, too, for people that are planning to move like soon, but in the future, like for instance, I have a buyer right now that's planning to move in January after this half school semester, whatever quarter. And I have them on the automated email, but everything that's on there right now is probably not going to be there in January. 
Unless but you read the pre- fine print and it says they're looking for that. True. <laughs> yeah. But there could definitely be some that pop up in pre-MLS that could interest them. And they hopefully will have time to go look at it before January. <laughs> sure. And, yeah. the, the risk being, you know, that those things happen. So there's there's good and bad to it. It's good from a broader fair market perspective. And that's important to all of us in this room here in the studio. But uh, and it should be important to you that that uh, as a seller in particular, that your listing is being seen by as many people as possible uh, so that you can get the best price that somebody is willing to pay. So. Pre-MLS, uh, that, that's sort of what it is. There's good and bad. Um, but probably but good. you just want to know it's there. You just want right. to be and, aware that this is something that's come out now. And set your expectations properly. So to, to the, just so you know, those clients, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, there was a pre-MLS that we have been waiting on. It went on the market, um, well, about two weeks ago at the time that this podcast airs. And as we are recording this, they have a very strong offer out on the house. So hopefully... Fingers but, crossed, prayer yeah, said. And in a couple of months when we do, I think uh, I think our next one will be um, December 1st. And hopefully I can tell you that they got the house. So if not, there's another one on pre-MLS. Plus they are looking at things as they come on the market that aren't on... Not all properties will go on pre-MLS. So. I can't believe we're talking about December. <laughs> <laughs> How many days till Christmas, Stevie? I saw you post that. Don't make me barf. Sorry for all you Christmas lovers out there. I'm the Grinch over I, here. You posted something like on social media, like only 100 days till Christmas. I think it was, was like 102, <laughs> and that was probably a week ago. Stop it! We might be to the 90s now, you guys. By the way, <laughs> Amazon the has lights. already said, get your Christmas orders in because they have the labor shortage, and you're not going to be able to get your packages for there's Christmas a, there's if you a don't toy. get your order in now. There's a toy <laughs> shortage, too, I so on the news. Oh, no, no. Here's the scary one. Uh, if you're like, do the traditional stuff, there's going to be a turkey shortage. I don't care. So we'll all survive. We've survived I, 2020. Just, We're in 2021. Be grateful you're alive and I, call it good. I'm just saying, if you're a <laughs> you big, know, we're going to do a traditional turkey and everything. You want to go do that now and put it in your hey, deep freeze. So what you're saying then is these eight turkeys that I have uh, hauling around in my yard are going to be very valuable. Absolutely. These are live turkeys, That's what, by the way. I'll, That's I'll run I'm the auction. We're not killing the turkeys. Nobody's coming to hunt my turkeys. Don't call me. <laughs> that, that's where I'm not your traditional person. We we uh, go hunt our own turkey and eat it. It's delicious. There's a chicken wing shortage, too. Oh, tried to get some buffalo tell, wings. I'm more upset about that than the turkey shortage. <laughs> Me too. I tried to get some buffalo wings the other day. And they Here's said, your foodie just... hour in our Dream Homes by Chen <laughs> uh, Get Real Casey podcast. <laughs> so, all right. So, hey, Stevie, let's start with you. Let's talk about what's going on. Uh, I know you are working on a land deal, and you don't want to give out too many specifics. because Yeah, I'm not, not telling my secrets, Because it's not completed <laughs> yet. But uh, so you're working on a land deal, I know. Yes. Tell, anything you can tell us about that. And then I know you've got at no. least a couple of nothing. <laughs> no, I cannot tell you until the paperwork is signed. Uh, so, Stevie's starting her own development over there is yeah. what she's not telling you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> just kidding. She'll tell us more later. No, working on a land deal. My husband and I, hopefully we get that uh, closed up. We put in an offer on something today, and uh, hopefully we'll hear by today. So hopefully in December we're all closed on this land deal that we offered today, and that's going good. And then you're going to do some development on the land and then resell it, right? That's your plan, right? Sort of. Sort of, kind of. And at least that's the current plan. (laughs) Sort of. 
Right. So doing some development work and then so it's an investment. So when we when we we don't focus in on investment properties very much because there's a million podcasts out there that do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you know, just as a side note, if you are thinking about investing, it's not just homes. Sometimes land is a good investment opportunity as well. So, yep. Very good. Uh, Jen, what do you got going on? So the uh, some of our listeners may or may not know I had a church listed and I've got that under contract. So that's exciting because there's Yay. a new church possibly coming in the uh, Northland. Actually, the deal's pretty much done. Uh, everything is done except for the signing of the closing documents, which we just scheduled for uh, yesterday. So that'll be done. I've got lots of investors actually in town. I've got um, somebody coming in tomorrow. So there's actually quite a bit of movement in the investment market, uh, both sellers and buyers. And we have a few rental properties available still. Um, not very many, though. So, right. so things are still moving, but uh, all good things. All good things. All right. Excellent. Well, in my world, uh, client-wise, uh, I've, got, uh, I've got an offer out. I've got uh, a listing under contract. Uh, I am working with another active buyer who's looking for something with some land. So that's going on. And mm, then I might know somebody. I too. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. You might. Uh, I, I too have a, uh, uh, a couple of clients that want to get active uh, right after the first of the year. So, um, and then the other cool thing that's going on, and again, in our next podcast, I hope to be able to share a lot more details. But uh, as you can, as, even if you don't know, even if you haven't listened and this is the first podcast you've listened to, Uh, We're obviously very passionate about education, and so uh, I'm hoping to um, get some work done. So I've been having some discussions with uh, the Northland CAPS program and also some of the uh, area community colleges to um, bring some real estate education uh, into into the masses, into into students and young people so that, that they can be a little bit more armed to do things like get out of renting and understand home ownership and uh, how to be successfully navigate that. So very exciting stuff. Very yeah, and if you want to look that up, we actually had Tristan Asbury on a previous podcast, right. which is in our library, and it's called It's Your Move. Missouri Realtors has a program called It's Your Move, and I think that's what it's titled in our library, but it is a great yep. program, and that's what we would be teaching in these other aspects. We're hoping to get it in some districts. I'm working to get it in the Smithville School Districts, and I know it's already – being taught now in some of the other school districts. So right. it's accredited and now it's not just and it's us. moving. It's, it's moving on. It's great. Realtors all over Missouri and the Kansas City area have been working to with various school districts to get this curriculum in. So I'm just happy to be a small because part of Because we want affordable home ownership to be a reality for all. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, believe it or not, that was a pretty fast 30 minutes, right? We've, we've pretty much taken up our time. Let's... Um, Let's talk about, um, you know, how people can uh, maybe get a hold of us if they have more questions. Maybe they have some topics they'd like us to cover. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Or, you know, on the off chance that you'd like a quality realtor, there's three of them here in the studio on the Dream Homes by Jen team. So, Stevie, how are they going to get a hold of us? Um, You can (laughs) email. My email is stevie at dreamhomesbygen.com. Stevie with an E. You better spell S-T-E-V-I-E. it, girl. There you right. go. Uh, right. Text it, call. 
And you then, can look up our Facebook. Right. So uh, our Facebook page would be a everywhere. good place to go because we have a Dream Homes by Jen Facebook page. We also have individual ones. But then uh, and we have a Get Real KC Facebook page. That's right. Get and Real- all those are on Instagram as well. Yeah. Get Real KC Facebook definitely would be a place to go. Definitely. Uh, also, uh, of course, you can get the. If you're listening to the podcast, you've already found it. But if you need to explain to somebody else, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's also on our um, uh, broker's website. website, which is dreamhomesbygen.com/podcast. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, all of our emails are just a first name. So Eric, E R I K, Stevie uh, with an I E, and then Jen. J-E-N. At dreamhomesbygen.com. And we're looking for those topics. So if you've got a burning real estate question, contact us or message us in one of those methods. We'd love to answer your questions here on the Get Real KC podcast. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com, where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you.